0: Hi everyone, this is Tom Salemi. Welcome back to the MedTech Talk podcast. Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to remind you that the MedTech Conference is happening on June 1st in Minneapolis. So go to medtechconference.com, take a look at our terrific agenda. We've got uh, Joe Almeida, Mike Mahoney, and many others speaking uh, about the the important issues facing MedTech professionals. So it's going to be a great day. We'll talk about fundraising, about reimbursement, everything you need to know, and we hope certainly to see you there. You're still able to use the MedTechTalk code I've talked about in the past, so when you do register, type in MedTechTalk and you'll save yourselves a couple hundred bucks. This week's podcast guest is uh, a bit different. Uh, His name is Todd Butka. He is the founder and CEO of a company called Merge. M U R J. And. Merge is uh, the culmination of Todd's career, which has taken him from the tech side of life, where he worked for Apple Computers, to MedTech, where he uh, went over to sell for Guidant and for Medtronic. The uh, experience he gathered at those uh, multiple stops led him to recognize that uh Wireless devices were creating a flood of data that physicians in their practices were having trouble really understanding so a couple of years ago he took the entrepreneurial leap uh, he had a bit of uh interesting inspiration that led him to that and uh, he'll get that into he'll get into that in this podcast and uh, he's created a system for uh for physicians to use to track data from multiple wireless medtech devices so it's, a, it's an interesting story. I think Todd sort of personifies or represents the, uh, the crossover we're seeing from tech and medtech and medtech to tech. So uh, I thought it was a, a great story to tell. I hope you enjoy it. And I also hope you'll join us on June 1st in Minneapolis. Go to medtechconference.com to register. Well, Todd Butker, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. Congratulations on the uh, on the Series A. Uh, I hear that it's not easy to raise this kind of money these days. But uh, tell us a bit about the the process. Uh, Did it take long? Uh, It
1: it actually it it took much longer than I had anticipated (laughs) um, from from concept of the idea and uh, and when actually money hit the bank. And in fact. It, I've taken on a whole new appreciation for that that term. Uh, when money's in the bank, um, it, it took roughly nine months of rinsing and repeating the mm-hmm. message and the, the the presentation um, to, and finding the right fit uh, of investors who uh, understood our goals and um, and fit their needs, obviously as investors.
0: I wanna I wanna get into to you for in a minute, but I, I wanna open up with sort of just uh help our listeners understand uh what merge is and and what it's trying to do. We'll get into the history, but but in a nutshell, what is your uh what is your offering and uh what do you hope to accomplish? Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. Um well so merge is a cloud based software application that enables care providers, uh, cardiologists and electrophysiologists to manage implantable cardiac devices. Um, So we're software based and uh, to the quick summary of that, it would be we aggregate data from all of the implantable cardiac devices, pacemakers, defibrillators and loop recorders from the various manufacturers, uh, large ones, such as Medtronic and St. Jude uh, Medical and Boston Scientific and Biotronic. we coalesce all of the data coming from those patients uh, into a single platform for physicians to interpret um, and provide care to that patient population.
0: So you create sort of a dashboard for people to to look at and to see everything they need to see at once.
1: It, it is. It's a dashboard. Um, it's it's more in depth. Uh, it's it's an, it's its own EHR for clinical uh, use of implantable data. Mm-hmm. And the information can come out daily from these devices. Uh, It can come out uh, on a quarterly basis. So um, the devices are wicked smart and uh, provide a lot of insight into the care for patients. So the physicians and care providers rely upon it heavily um, for pharmacologic treatment and or other procedures, uh, the information coming from them.
0: Yeah, your website sort of speaks to that in that the med tech companies are creating these fantastic pieces of engineering that are able to to sense and collect data, but it's the delivery to the doctor, getting that data to the people who need it, where things seem to to fall a little short. Is that uh, is that your your basic thesis?
1: Correct, correct. The yeah, the the devices are unbelievable life saving therapies. I mean, they just they sustain uh, life. You know, pacemakers and defibrillators. Um, and and but it's been lost as far as the focus of the amount of information being managed after the implant and sort of taken for granted that these devices just work and people exist um, but what, what hasn't been taken uh, into more consideration is just the amount of data flowing and usage of that information historical over time to uh, provide care. And so we tried to look at how clinicians are using the information um, and where information was lost. And and that became an opportunity uh, in my
0: mind. And you're right, take it for granted. It's a great way to put it. And, and it seems to me that it sounds simple to say we've created this system that basically merges this data from all these different devices created by different people. But the more I think about it, I have to think that was probably very complex. Is, was it to, to, to create something that's able to collect information from different devices that are sensing different things and put it into a, into a central place and present it in a uniform way that's easy to digest?
1: Yeah, it it, it sounds easy uh, in theory, right? I, yeah. it, there's there's a level of intimate knowledge of the device side and clinical side required. Um, by no means am I a designer, but I can appreciate design coming from the Apple world and how it can be applied and, and taking those two thought processes and, and sort of creating this beautiful thing for care. Um, the best way to put this, the, the physicians want simplicity, but uh, as of today, it's, it's, it's very complicated to go find information. Uh, in a in a quick manner to provide the care. And so everything was based around, if you looked at our website, the two-click premise. Like, yep. within two clicks, can I generate a device report? Within two clicks, can I see my entire population of recalled devices? Uh, and within two clicks, can I see anything historical that's happened to this patient? Um, so the two-click became something we we've now hung our hat on uh, and, and we're... we're pretty proud of it, actually, uh, in, in its clinical behavior.
0: So where where does Merge fit into the clinical process? You you suggested it, it's it is sort of an EHR or maybe could develop into an EHR, but where is it, uh, where does it fall into the doctor's office? When would it, it be used, and, and what is it replacing?
1: Yeah, uh, the beauty is right now, we're really not replacing anything. Um, there are There really aren't solutions that exist today to truly coalesce information from each of these manufacturers into one place. Um, So we have a little niche right now, I would say, uh, in the market. And and being cloud-based, it it creates our ability to be nimble with delivering software on a frequency that they're not accustomed to in delivering new features. to them, uh, so so I think we have our own little niche here um, the to answer your question regarding where we fit, you know data is coming in again on a on a, on a daily basis uh, and and so people typically want to put what is most clinically relevant and or you know what is a billable opportunity um, into the medical record, into their electronic health record. Uh, for documentation to support um, billing Medicare and and follow up across it, the entire uh, healthcare providers, such as you know if we use Kaiser, they use an Epic system. Um, Data is coming in daily from a patient. You're not going to incorporate daily transmissions into this electronic health record. They want what is most relevant um, information. So so we kind of fit that gap of we filter. You know, we're a system that you can manage this data on a daily basis and then formulate what is most clinical to pull in to the electronic health record.
0: So is the data coming from patients wherever they are, from, from remote management, or are they coming into the office for, for a checkup and this is sort of a, a, a local download of data, so to speak? Uh,
1: uh, great question. Both, actually. Um, their uh, Medicare and guidelines set by Heart Rhythm Society um, say that there is a nominal frequency of remote follow-up a patient can be uh, doing, um, and then also a nominal a number of times that you should see a patient in the office annually. Um, and so, if you're if you're maximizing those opportunities, then data shows that you're actually reducing risk of hospitalization, reducing risk of stroke, you're improving mortality rates. So all of these benefits if you're maximizing those opportunities for remote care and in-office care. Um, And that's sort of the thing we want to promote with a software platform that is creating a digital workflow, that you could actually optimize this and maximize that opportunity for providing care. Um, and if you're providing good care actually you're you're probably making a little more money um, as well for the practice so it's it's something that's linear across uh, the care spectrum that you can be profitable you can provide better care you can improve care costs at hospitals um, if this remote monitoring and patient monitoring is is optimized. interesting
0: so uh, how what is your well, let's get into into your history a bit. You mentioned earlier that you uh, you were at Apple, and uh, it's my understanding you, you joined Apple in 1999. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, so I mean it was sort of at a time when I think the company was starting to to get its groove back. How did you how did you get to Apple, and what was your job there?
1: Yeah. Um... Well I started you know early early days right out of college in Iowa, I went to gateway computers I had an internship and uh, short lived but i was I was uh, a product manager uh, building laptops mm-hmm. so that's where I first started the solo gosh twenty one hundred twenty five hundred fifty one hundred a bunch of different laptop devices um, quickly moved to uh, California um, with gateway and I had the opportunity from a friend who was working at Apple um, and and hopped on that ship. And they were starting out developing the iBooks. So I was a product manager uh, managing the mechanical and electrical design of new products, uh, specifically uh, iBooks. So blueberry, tangerine, the graphite colors, and the white laptops. Um, And I, I gained a... Strong appreciation for Apple products in general, but the thought process of how design influences behavior, mm-hmm. um, and and the efforts that went into the design for those products uh, was unlike anything I had experienced from Gateway Computers. So uh, I was just a sponge uh, during the time at Apple. Working at that time, Apple was small, so we were working. Um, we had a lot of autonomy. And yeah, you know, we'd have conversations with Jonathan Ives and, um, it just, it just was a fun time and, uh, no compromise in the money spent to build a, a really pretty product that worked. Mm-hmm. So that's the first part of my career. And then I kind of hit a glass ceiling at Apple. I wasn't an engineer. They're very engineering centric at that time anyways. And, um, I was just kind of mid 20s going nowhere fast at that point and um, had a couple friends in the device industry and they said hey you should come sell pacemakers and yeah, i kind of laughed because i'm i wasn't a salesperson, um but yeah, i ended up jumping jumping ship from apple and and getting into the device sales um Via somebody I knew, you know, That's fascinating. some glamorous story, but but it it worked out because the, the economy was kind of going down, the dot com bubbles were mm-hmm. bursting, and and it looked like hey, this is an industry that can sustain itself through times of good or bad economies, um, and so that was attractive for me.
0: Oh, I mean, we're here over ten years later, and when we compare and contrast the sort of med tech culture to the, the, the IT culture, we're seeing Google and Apple sort of move in and, and make great promises uh, in terms of technology that they'll develop that could provide some therapeutic benefit. But you, albeit 13 years ago, sort of jumped from one pool into the other. How, how different was the culture in in an Apple, even a smaller Apple, and uh, the company Guidant, which was you know, one of the, the, the med tech Giant. How, how how different of a, a culture class? How much of a culture class was that?
1: Uh, you know, in sales, you know, you're, you're siloed a little bit from the culture, maybe within the organization, uh, based in, you know, what was it, Minnesota. Um, but you could see where, at least in at that point in time for me, where you know an MBA graduate probably had more opportunity within the corporate organization. They, they they held that in a high regard. You know, at an Apple, in that time, it wasn't about if you had an MBA or something. It was, you know, it, again, it went back to being an engineer, being a good engineer and a contributor. Like, you could, you had the autonomy to do things. So, um, the sales culture was completely different uh, with within, uh, I, didn't, I didn't have exposure to sales at, at Apple, but being exposed to the sales culture and how sales drives the value of the business was was quite eye-opening mm-hmm. for me. Um, and Guidant had a great sales force uh, led by a great group who uh, Mark Bartel is the, was the president of Guidant Cardiac Rhythm Sales, and uh, he's actually uh, on my board um, for, for Merge. So you can kind of get an idea of how much impact he's had you know, in influencing my thought process.
0: That's interesting. And then you went from, from guidance to Medtronic. I assume that, that came after the uh, acquisition by well, of guidance by Boston Scientific.
1: That's correct. I, I left right when that was happening. Um, uh, Medtronic uh, I had an opportunity based on there was a lot of guidance recalls happening and care providers that I worked with were, telling me, you know, hey, Todd, I'm having a hard time justifying putting this type of device in right now. And so, you know, you, you can never go wrong working for a, a big company like Medtronic. They, they've set the standard. They're you know, the biggest and the baddest and, and um, most professional that I've ever worked with. So um, I was fortunate to have the opportunity to, to work with Medtronic, and um, and that product almost sells itself. Uh, it's, it's just got such a strong brand. So, yeah, so that's how I, I, I left uh, Guidant and uh, went over to Medtronic at that point in time. Um, and, and at that point in time, it was mid-2000s, you know, the, the remote monitoring hadn't quite taken off yet. It was about 2009, 2010 where data now is accessible um, via the Internet and uh, the frequencies were just, just starting to kick in um, and adoption of data was becoming more of a need
0: so so as someone who is sort of selling this feature uh did the the remote data aspect fulfill what you would sort of suggested to customers would happen or did you see things falling short
1: yeah yeah it's actually fallen way shorter than one would believe um mostly because it's so cumbersome you know there's there's many different layers to it, but uh, one is just getting the patients active on the monitors uh, to get them home and hook up the monitors and uh, paired with their remote monitor to send the device information back to the manufacturer's websites. That in and of itself is a a barrier, um, which I think the companies and care providers are are addressing in in today's environment. Um, But then it's, again, accessing You know, if I'm a doctor and this month, you know, we just changed contracts and now we have St. Jude and Boston on contract. Well, I have a mix of patients in my practice, no matter what anyone wants to put in. people move um, and you, you adopt new patients and they all have a mix of different devices. So now I'm stuck with logging into four and five different websites. And that's just completely inefficient uh, to do such and manage a population of data that's coming in daily so so there were there were multiple barriers that just sort of hindered the progress that you would think is something in today's tech environment is just nominal right i mean i I have Google and I have all my emails coming in from Comcast and wherever else that I just go to gmail and they're all there you know it's simple and, and you do it you know and, then, and that's the premise of merge, you know, that, that didn't exist. Um, and it wasn't easy to deploy um, in, in over the past several years. So that's something that we've simplified is implementation and integration um, and access of the information.
0: Hey, let's just take a quick break from this conversation to thank the many great sponsors of the MedTech Conference, which is happening on June 1st in Minneapolis. Our premier sponsor is Fox Rothschild. Our major sponsors are Corn Ferry and Piper Jaffrey. Our strategic sponsors are Baker Tilly, Inspiring Health, Navigant, RSMUS. And finally, our supporting sponsors are Duval Associates, Silicon Valley Bank, and The Nerdery. You can find out more about these great sponsors at medtechconference.com. Of course, you can register for the conference once you get there. Now let's get back into this conversation with Todd Butka of merge so uh, as you sort of saw that those frustrations mount is is that sort of when your experience at apple and its its approach to really designing for the customer did that sort of kick in and, and lead to the idea that maybe some something better could be created
1: yes yes i, I as I'm carrying the bag, they say, you know, and you're you're living in it every day and you're seeing care providers um, struggle with the inefficiencies. And, and data at that time was being lost to static files. I mean, the information was basically printed on a PDF, scanned into an electronic health record, and given a file name. And, you know, there's all this data there that wasn't being captured. It was just stuck in a PDF. And so... Now looking at the entire process, and I'm going, gosh, there's there's just a better way to do this, and and it should be simple and pretty, and and that's where I, I kind of stole the playbook from Steve Jobs mm-hmm. uh, with, hey, you know, I should be able to play music on my iPod in three clicks. Well, why can't you apply that to the efficiencies within a clinic to say, I can, can I generate a pacemaker report within three clicks? Um, and we got it down to two actually. And so then we just applied that two-click process uh, across our platform. Um, so care providers want to move fast; they have tons of patients and and be efficient. And so that was the premise. Yeah.
0: How did the very notion of starting a company come together? Because you've you've kind of followed an interesting path. You know, following Gateway out to the West Coast, joining Apple through a friend, then joining the medtech industry through another friend. It sounds like you've uh, sort of let the winds guide you in in your career. How did they lead you to to being CEO and founder of a startup?
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned before, right before the call, my wife had a lot of influence on me. Um yeah, I, I was
0: It's always a good thing, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Right before we got married, um you know, early days of dating actually. Um here I am meeting this, this young lady and her family, and we're at an event, uh, at her sister's wedding. Uh, I'll try to make this really uh, long story very short. But uh, we're at the reception, and I'm talking to her father, who I'd met really twice. Uh, but he he owns a wine distribution business, and and I think fairly successfully. He's retired now and sold his business, but he was a, a self-entrepreneur just built two wine distribution companies and sold them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a friend of theirs, this guy, Bob walks over to me and he says, Hey, Todd, so you work at Medtronic. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. And he's like, that's a great company. And he knew uh, um, the the founder of of Medtronic. And, and he said, yeah, you know, I, I wanted them to invest in a company I started a long time ago. And, and I said, and he goes, but he didn't, uh, Earl Bakken. He goes, Earl didn't invest in my company. He <laughs> goes, and I said to him, I go, well, Bob, I said, did you start it? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, what do you do? And he goes, oh, you know, I founded United Healthcare. <laughs> 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 and, and and my head just kind of turned sideways, right? And I'm like, huh.
0: huh how did okay. that work
1: out? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, here I am, you know, I, I, so all of a sudden I'm surrounded with these entrepreneurs that I had no idea. And I'm thinking to myself, You know, I was frustrated in watching what was going on in our business on a day-to-day. And I'm like, you know, I have this unique experience of being at Apple and, you know, working with what are the the top designers in the world building products. And here I am in this industry that the the focus was never really consumer from the side of how things function. It was more mechanical and these implantable devices. Um... And so I was just like, Ah, there's gotta be a better way. And my wife was like, You have a unique experience. She's like, You should do something with it. And that's the sort of how I just started the thought process of, you know what, I should do something different. Yeah. Um, and so I did.
0: I think we've all had that, you know, that thought where we want to take what we've learned and create something new, but it's a it's a big, big step to actually do it. So how did you how did you uh take that next step. Was it a leap off the nest? Did you, did you leave Medtronic or did you kind of lay some groundwork first? What was, uh, what was the transition like?
1: Yeah, I, you know, the transition wasn't easy. Um, you know, I, I, you know, there's a the big difference between willing and able, right? So there's many people that might be willing to do something, but are you able to do it? And, yeah. you know, I've, I've lived a modest life and within my means that I could take a pretty hefty pay cut to go start something. Um and and it's all about the right people you meet. Uh everything seems serendipitous in this process, truthfully for me, from you know, the influence from my my wife's family to, you know, my neighbor who uh surfs, you know, Wingnut. And Wingnut introduced me to some of his customers and <laughs> his
0: name is Wingnut? Inter-
1: yeah, Wingnut. He's a professional <laughs> surfer. Um and you know, we're surfing and he's telling me, hey, you should meet a couple people and talk to them about your idea. You know, you have this unique experience. And so he introduced me to someone who introduced me to someone and it just sort of uh, started to gain traction like a little snowball. Um, and then I was seeing interest and I'm like, oh, I should I should really think serious about doing this then. And, and sure enough, I, I found a few people that believed in me and, uh and I mean, it's with a little bit of dumb luck, but finding a group like True Ventures, I, I can't even express how fortunate I am to have a group like True and John Callahan invested in a part of uh, Merge. So, yeah, it, was, it wasn't it was easy, but uh, everything just, nothing was forced. Uh, and, and sometimes it felt like stars aligned to, to, to try and change the way that I had been a corporate America guy into becoming an entrepreneur.
0: Did you, did you go into the process trying to create a, uh, a certain culture and, and did you, have you accomplished that or did things play out differently than you, you might have expected?
1: Yeah. I, you know, I think we're still, still small enough that we're, we have a, a, a pretty tight culture of just, we all have family. Um, we love being near the water, um, but we know we need to work and we're all adults. So, you know, I think that's the, the culture of our business today is, is we've surrounded ourselves with great, competent people who understand the responsibilities between work and home. And home is always number one, but quickly to follow is, is I always get my job done. And so I think that culture has permeated pretty well uh, across the 12 people that are working with us now that, you know no one submits for time off it's like hey i i gotta go pick up my kid or right i'm got a long weekend cuz we're going on a camping trip and you know the, that's the culture that I, I think as now i have two kids a 2-year-old and a 2-month-old um yeah there's a shift in priorities but at the same time we're all professional so uh, uh hopefully that i think is is our culture is, is family first, work closely second.
0: That's a, that's a good one. Congratulations on on the two month old, and the two year old.
1: Yeah, yeah. I probably should have mentioned earlier when I left Medtronic, I was starting a business. We were having a baby, um, and, and leaving my what would be a very secure job. It was, <laughs> it was it was a. I've lost a few pounds. I'll say that.
0: Well, it, it helps a lot if your your spouse is behind you one hundred percent in it. That's for sure. So how uh, how um supportive has the medtech industry been to you you are working with their devices sort of collecting their data making it actually easier for their customers uh is there an acceptance and appreciation of what you're doing is there uh any competitive pushback?
1: I answer this. So no real competitive uh uh pushback. I think you know these are very large companies yes. that um, they they might want to see us be successful and hope that a company like my Merge can be successful um, but they have a huge responsibility and have to deliver some level of service to what is our common customer um, so as much as they probably want probably to see some success from, from me I don't think they can just uh, jump on that ship being such a small company and just you know, right into the sunset that Merge is going to solve some of their their problems for their clinicians. Uh, I think it's up to me to be successful, and and if Merge can be successful, then I I think we will find more and more of their support uh, and enabling maybe more and more data um, to be available to provide care providers information. Um, so you know, it's a it's a double edged sword. I, I think. I think there's a lot of hope that there is this uh, outside solution that comes to this market uh but at the same time it hadn't happened yet, so uh the burden's still left on them and uh and so hopefully you know we're we have good relationships with everyone um but by no means is is you know a, a company just hopping on our wagon uh, per se mm
0: mm-hmm. And, and, and you're sort of representative, as I suggested earlier, the, the IT companies, the tech companies that are coming into healthcare, Google obviously has a lot going on, um, Apple as well. You have a, a, you're have not up close to the, those efforts, I know, but I'm just curious as to how you view uh, those attempts by the tech companies to, to move into healthcare. Do you expect that, like you, they'll come in with sort of a fresh approach and maybe solve some things that have... Uh, vexed med tech and, and and healthcare for for a long time
1: i I think they can I think the our approach is a little different than probably uh, um, those bigger companies sure. and even the electronic health record uh, companies you know they're they're trying to cast a, a large net into the healthcare spectrum right and provide solutions for a broad market of things we're We're very niche finite focused on one specific product one specific group of care providers um so it's it's much different you know and and if you compare it to like sim city you know it's like you're you're building this little town and you got to start with like the first house and that's really what we're about is is like we're hyper focused on building this really quality little thing Mm -hmm. um and if you can do that well, because these devices are so complex, and the information uh, used um, to provide care for the patients that are also very complex, you have heart failure patients. Um, they're sick. Uh, you know, if, if we can make this work well, then I think it's, the potential to expand upon other things is, is is much easier than maybe casting this big net and then trying to hone in on focusing on one specific. Uh, so I think our approach is a little different. So, uh, you know, and 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 by all means, you need big money to cast a big net versus uh, the finite details of one niche market in cardiac care, specific to implantable devices.
0: Sure. Um, so, yeah. So, what do you? What is next? What last question? What is your your sort of short term plan for merge? What do you grow into and in, and. In, Maybe looking a little more long term. What do you what do you think you you may become?
1: Yeah. So, short term, um, we want to release our our product um, soon. Uh, I would say we'll have some news coming up in uh, early mid mid May, and we just want to gain as much traction as possible and have uh, positive experiences from clinicians. And, and hopefully we achieve our goals of you know, tens of thousands of patients managing on our platform. Um, Long term, I think you got to look at what are other devices that are siloed um, but then are being managed on a daily basis, um, but also have a built-in revenue stream around the devices. And that's the unique thing about implantable cardiac uh, the pacemakers, defibrillators, and implantable loop recorders have reimbursement tied to the follow-up and the care of those devices. And so as a user for a merged platform, there is there's something to pay for it, um, pay for our software, pay for our solution. So that's something that we want to look into outside of cardiac care is what other devices are out there um, that physicians are being reimbursed for um, to manage the information and I believe we, we built a platform that will enable care providers to be more efficient, more effective, and cost-effective uh, in managing information. So uh, that that would be the next steps, I believe, uh,
0: for our company. That's great. Well, it's a great story, and uh, congratulations on both having the family and the courage to kind of step out there and start your own thing. That's really neat.
1: Oh, thank you very much, and uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk today with you. This is it's been a wonderful experience, uh, you know, from end to end so far. So
0: I appreciate it. And and you'll be at uh, HRS, I understand. And how that's correct. How, how can that's folks correct. reach reach you if they want to uh, find out more?
1: Uh, well, we can go to merge dot com. M um,
0: U R J, right?
1: M U R J. Yeah, yeah. And uh, or also we're at Booth 331 at Heart Rhythm Society. So uh, we're excited about the opportunity to uh, get our initial exposure to a broader market in the, uh, cardiac care.
0: Awesome. Well, Todd, thanks for taking a few minutes today to, to share your story. It's been great. Oh, yeah, thank you, too. I appreciate it. And that's a wrap. Todd Butka, thanks for joining us and uh, for sharing your story, uh, Emerge's story. It's great to uh, to hear someone again take the uh, the leap and to create a company that uh, that they think will be an important changer for healthcare. So, very much appreciate your uh, your sharing your story, particularly the story of uh, meeting with Bob Ditmore uh, at uh, from United, co-founder of United. So, it's uh, it's interesting where we get our inspiration. So, thanks again for sharing your story. Thank you, MedTech Talk podcast listeners, for joining us. Do uh, give us a ranking on iTunes and uh, make sure you tell your friends about the MedTech Talk podcast. The more people listening, the better. And of course, send me an email if you want to uh, suggest a guest or a topic or just want to say hello. I can be reached at tom at healthagy.com. Healthagy is spelled with the word health, followed by the letters EGY.com. Finally, go to medtechconference.com, sign up for the June 1st MedTech Conference and we will see you in Minneapolis.